Listeners, and welcome to another edition of the Heal the Sick podcast. This is what, four or five months now? I'm staying on my hustle. This is like the longest I've ever had a hustle going, you know what I'm saying? Episode 78 today, uh, here are the Heal the Sick, and it's, it's amazing every week. We bring you just so many cool people talking about so many cool things and such a cool God that we serve, and hearing, hearing about healing and miracles and all kind of cool stuff, not only in our own locality, but all around the world. Oh yeah, it's going to happen. Joining me today is our second week in a row, by the way, from Durban, South Africa. Joining me today, this is the founder of Dominion Through Love Ministries, which you heard about on the last show. He's also, I love this title, right? I'm going to steal this, totally steal this. Son of God, not that one, consultant to the body of Christ. How cool is that, right? Anyway, joining me, Durban, South Africa, Mark Ellis. Mark, welcome to the Heal the Sick podcast. How are you, bro? I'm fine. Thanks, Million. It's great to have you here, and uh, I know it's a little late at your way, so I, let, let's get this thing going. You probably got to get to bed soon. So normally in our first segment, we talk testimonies, and I know you got a couple really good ones that I, the, I think the audience is going to love. So testimonies uh, of all kind of cool stuff. What can you share? Well, you know, Million, um, there's a couple of uh, testimonies that stand out to me, but the ones that really impacted me was when I first began um, walking out um, the authority and the power of God that we've been given in Christ. And it was in my own family where most of um, the problems were occurring. Um, the first one that I'd like to share is um, a particular instance where um, I had been working very late, and um, as I normally do, as I do most of the time. And um, I got home at probably about 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, and the phone rang. And um, on the phone was my mother-in-law, and my brother-in-law had fallen two stories um, and completely mangled his foot and his ankle to where he couldn't stand on it. And they were, they were pleading with me to please come pick him up and take him through to the hospital. And I tell you, at that point, I was, I was really tired, and I was like, do I really have to get in my car and go and take him to the hospital and I remember saying to my wife, can I just take him in the morning? And she looked at me and she said, why don't you just pray for him? And I'm like, oh, that is brilliant. That is absolutely awesome. I said to her, you know what? Put, put it on speakerphone. I'm going to pray for him right now. And so they did. They put it on speakerphone. And I immediately went for it. And I said, foot in the name of Jesus, all damage to you be undone right now. You come right, every muscle, every sinew, you come in line, be healed in Jesus' name. And I tell you, I heard this screech on the other side. My mother-in-law was freaking out. She was going, ah, it was crazy. And I was like, whoa. Now, you know, when you, when you learn faith, you, you, you're trained to not kind of overreact to reactions because, you know, you don't want to go one way or the other. You want to kind of keep a good uh, posture. When it comes to these things. So so I'm I'm talking to her over the phone. I'm like, okay, what happened? So she's like, Well, you you won't believe it. I said, Well, I think I will. What happened? So she says, The as you were praying, the foot completely turned back into its proper position and it's completely straight now. And I saw it with my own eyes. And he's much better. And I was like, 
wow, that is awesome. And I was like pondering this, you know, I was like, God, that is amazing. Just a command over the phone and, and, a, and a damaged foot gets healed. And then I said, you know, Father, I want to see that. I want to see that with my own eyes. And, you know, our father is a sense of humor. He said to me, well, next time get in your car and go there. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, you know, that was. He does that. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? And that was one of the, that was the first one um, that really stood out to me. Now, in the same time, um, there was um, a youth group that we were a part of in the church that we were in. And there was this um, young guy by the name of Anton. And we were cleaning a floor in order to prepare it for um, a youth, kind of like a youth room for a bunch of youth to, to hang out. And this floor was very, very dirty. So we had to use a very strong acid to clean the floor. And with this acid, you can't um, do it without gloves or anything. But, you know, being a bunch of youngsters and kind of doing what we can with what we got, we didn't take all the necessary safety precautions. And so we were doing what we could with this. I mean, we were just putting acid on the floor and scrubbing away and going crazy. Anyway, he ended up having to refill um, one of the buckets, and the acid splashed up and hit him right in his eyes. And this is, I mean, this was just terrible. Um, this is very, very bad. This acid will eat your eyeball out. That's how dangerous it is. And so he immediately uh, ran to try and get water to try and rinse his eye out. But there wasn't much water around, so he had to run quite a distance to get to some. So I ran after him and when he got there, I put my hands on his eyes and I just commanded the acid to neutralize and I commanded all damage to go. And he opened his eyes, the burning immediately stopped and he could see perfectly fine. No no hassles with his eyes at all. And to this day his eyes are still fine. He hasn't had any problems with them. So that was that was really cool on the fly. Like even if you end up doing something silly, you know the power of God is available for us to be able to help people out so they don't have to suffer those unnecessary consequences. So that was that's a another healing that really really stood out to me. Um, and I can tell you that as my journey progressed, you know um, you'd see more and more healings everywhere, kind of like everyday stuff. Um, and there would be occasions where I'd be called out to go and kind of pray for people in the morgue. And, you know, when you're first testing the waters for it, um, it's kind of a bit daunting because you go out and the body is ice cold and you don't know how to deal with the situation and you're still learning. And learning is a really important thing. Um, but I always knew that God had called us not just to heal the sick, but also to raise the dead. And so... I always pursued that. Well, my wife was um, pregnant with our second child, and um, we had done a home birth for our first child, Tehillah. And so after a successful home birth, we decided that we wanted to do uh, another home birth with our second child. And so we made all the necessary arrangements and preparations for it. And on the time when he was due, um, we were ready. Now, 
as the as the process continues of giving birth to a child, we discover that the umbilical cord has wrapped around his neck. Now, I've confirmed this with many ladies and with many doctors. When the umbilical cord wraps around a baby's neck, it puts extra strain on the blood flow to the child so that the oxygen supply gets starved. Um, now, that's not the only concern. The secondary concern is that if the mother tries to deliver the child and the umbilical cord ends up snapping, then both the mother and the child will bleed out in, in a good couple of minutes, like way too fast for them to really do something about it. So you don't want an umbilical cord to snap. So what we ended up having to do during the birth was we ended up having to stop in order to get the umbilical cord cut. Now, the only thing worse than laying on your arm until it goes dead is if you cut your arm off, right? And when you cut the umbilical cord, you actually cut the supply of oxygen to the child completely. So after that procedure had taken place, there was a good five to ten minutes before my son was actually delivered. And by the time that he was delivered, he had a very dark, black-blue look to his skin. It did not look um, as pink and vibrant and beautiful as my little baby girl was when she first came out. And as I looked at this, I thought, there's something wrong here. But you're kind of in the moment. And you're not 100% sure because no one is panicking or, or, or going crazy. And I saw the midwife take a stethoscope and put it on his chest a good couple of times to check. But his arms weren't moving. He wasn't crying. He was a dark purple-blue color. And this did not look good. And I can tell you several things flash through your mind when this kind of thing happens. And in the moment, you're either ready or you're not. You're either going to take the opportunity and hit it, or you're going to let this situation just completely dictate to you what's going on. And so I looked at my son and I said, in my heart, I said, this is not happening. You will not rob me from my son. And so I took, him, I took his head under my hand while the midwife was still checking him. And I commanded him, you breathe in Jesus' name. And as I did that, he took his first breath. He went, ah, and he started crying. And then the midwife started to rub his arms and his legs to get the blood to start flowing into his limbs. It was one of the most exhi like exhilarating moments when he breathed because I knew that he had literally breathed on command and he had come back. Today, he is full going on five. He's completely healthy. He hasn't had um, a single um, medicine, medical type treatment in his whole life. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with him. That, wow. 
that wow. is the power of God at work within us. I tell you, that has forever changed my life, being able to see the power of God work like that. Now, there was, there's obviously a chemistry that happens inside of a person at that point in time that's not as easy to reproduce all the time because there's different things happening. But it's definitely important to pay attention. Well, I, I've made it important to pay attention to the fact that there's a determination in a person's heart that determines the intent of the command and the intent of the words that are being spoken that actually can bring about the power of God in that situation. And so for me, it's just been amazing. That is, uh, wow. Just, you know, I have one son and I'm just kind of playing that in my head and it's like, wow, I it just, what had to have been going just through your heart and your mind at that time, probably indescribable in the moment. And, you know, now that it's over a few years, it's probably still a lot that way, but, um, you know, you have a little more grasp on it, but as, as I always tell people when it comes to the approach of trying to raise up someone, there's really no way to prepare for it. You just have to, and, and I guess it's like that with anything in healing. You just have to do it. Whenever it presents, just do it. Because people say, well, what's the right way? What's, there is no right or wrong way. Just do it. Whatever works for you, just get it done. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, how did this happen? Who cares how it happened? They're, you know, they're alive. <laughs> let's, let's not split hairs. They're alive. Move on. <laughs> Absolutely. So. And, and the funny thing is, um, you know, with midwives, because a lot of the medical world is very much against home births, they don't speak much about certain situations because they can't afford the unnecessary publicity. So I had to pay her before she would actually tell us anything. Yeah. So after, she, after we paid her, I asked Tamara, I said, can you ask her that day what happened there? Would she, would she agree? And she said to my wife, she said, let me tell you this, and this is all I can say. If your husband hadn't done what he did, you wouldn't have your son today. And I mean, that, that is just absolutely amazing. And my, and my Sebastian is an awesome kid. Um, nothing shall by any means harm him ever. Nothing. Craziness. Just craziness. Wow. I love hearing that kind of stuff. Listeners, that's, uh, wow. Um, yeah, I think I need to take a break now. So. <laughs> right. We're up against our first break. My listeners, we'll be back right after this. We're going to hear more about uh, Mark's background and experience as soon as we return. So keep it locked here on the Heal the Sick podcast. Back in a moment. Hey, guys, Million here. I want to say thank you for listening to this program and for supporting the work we do. I would like to invite you to visit our website at dominionfire.com. And while there, sign up for our VIP email newsletter. This is a free service, and as a member, you will receive early releases of the Heal the Sick podcast, updates on the content we create, members-only discounts in our audiobook store, and exclusive content not released elsewhere. Visit dominionfire.com for full details, and if you subscribe, you will receive our free report entitled A Christian's Guide to Divine Healing for Yourself, with tools, tips, and strategies to minister healing for your own conditions. All free by subscribing to our newsletter and by visiting www.dominionfire.com.
Alright listeners, back on the Heal the Sick podcast. Million here with you as always. I am your ministry provocateur, iconoclast, firebrand, and the resident heretic here at Dominion Fire. Considering adding false teacher to the list because I get called that a lot even though I'm not you know, actually teaching anything. I'm letting everybody else talk. But hey, if that's what makes you feel better, then whatever. Anyway, visit the website at www.dominionfire.com where you can find the full catalog of the Heal the Sick podcast. You can also find our YouTube vlog called the D-Fire Vlog. Just posted a... Uh, a video up there as well, which you may want to check out, which I thought was good. You know, you probably don't, but I think it's great. And, uh, you know, whatever. And uh, we also, I'm happy to announce, have made official the Dominion Fire 360 channel found on SoundCloud.com. So SoundCloud.com forward slash Dominion Fire, where we have additional audio that is not necessarily healing related necessarily, but we get into some other topics and just some of like the 360 catch-all stuff that also makes up ministry. So make sure you check that out as well. And uh, it's thus far has uh, good statistics coming in, good listenership. So uh, I'm excited to see where this thing goes. So back to our work here. Again, joining me from Durban, South Africa, Mark Ellis. And in the first segment, we heard about some really cool testimonies, but now we're going to hear about him proper. So Mark, if you would please share your background and experience with the audience and uh, tell us about you, please. Okay, so um, growing up, I was in a Christian family. And really, as I grew up um, in a Christian home, influenced by Christianity, there was a vast difference between what I saw preached on Sundays and what I saw lived out even in my own home and even in the lives of people that I knew from church, and even in my own life. And I always ask the the question, if the Bible teaches or talks about Jesus doing these really awesome things, then how come so few people are doing these awesome things that Jesus did when Jesus himself said we would do the same things that he did. And so my journey basically began asking that question over and over again and kind of giving up at stages um, on finding the answer. And the answer was always in front of me, but it was like I had blinkers on. And thinking back on it now, the, the blinkers I had on was more of a religion mentality rather than a relationship mentality. Um, And that really is what ended up um, being the key that unlocked my walk with Christ a couple of years ago. So after um, a young adult life of knowing about Jesus, knowing about God, following the Bible, doing what most Christians do, Um, I ended up in Istanbul for about a year and a half, and then I came back to South Africa. And when I came back, I decided I needed to find a church to go back to because I hadn't been to church in a while. And I came to a church here in Durban, um, and I found in that church my wife. And it was awesome, and we dated, and and I got married, and we had our first daughter, and by this time, I was just once again getting very restless with the kind of kind of uh, staticness of or passiveness of Christianity, and um, so I decided that actually 
being a Christian and going to church isn't necessarily always the same thing, in my opinion, at the time. And so I was going to just kind of take it easy and see um, how things pan out because life's too short to just waste it sitting in a pew listening to a new sermon every week. And that was kind of my attitude at the time. Well, my wife had some concerns because she felt that I needed to um, include God in our lives a bit more. And I was like, well, you know, I don't exclude God. It's just, you know, just not going to church. Well, she said, well, I'm afraid my daughter might not, you know, know God if we don't go to church. And that was kind of where she was at in the way that she thought about things. She thought that if we go to church, then we, you know, we know God. If we don't go to church, then we don't know God. Um, And so she said to me that she was going to go to a church that she was recently invited to. And um, I was free to come with her if I wanted to. And I said, look, I'm kind of done with that thing. So you go take my daughter. Let me know if you hear anything that sounds good. So she went. And when she came back, she had this little jump in her step and she was very excited and she started to tell me how this is so much different to what um, we've been to before and just this excitement about church so being the kind of person I am if I if there's an opportunity for me to maybe get the answers that I've been looking for then I need to go and check it out so I decided okay I'll go with you next week and let's see if there's anything to what you're saying and off we went And when I got there, the guy was teaching on what's called the blueprint to the Christian life. And it was Jesus is the blueprint to the Christian life. And I always thought that Jesus had to be the pattern that we were supposed to follow. But for whatever reason, I never connected the dots that that pattern is supposed to be in me. And that I'm supposed to actually be living that pattern. And so my whole Christian walk, I was constantly just kind of seeing what Jesus did as a kind of a big kind of cleanup act. Like every time you mess up, you go to Jesus, he cleans you up and then you you try again and then you mess up and you go back to him and he cleans you up and you try again. and, And that's how it carries on. And for the first time after sitting in that meeting, I understood that not only was Jesus going to take my sin away, but he wanted me to become a son of God. He wanted me to become adopted. He wanted me to be just like him in every way. And it was like a bomb went off inside of me because for the first moment in my life, I realized that the whole thing about the gospel was about God putting himself in me and me being like him. And it was it was just mind-blowing. From that moment, everything started changing. The things I struggled with, the things that I had problems with, my attitude towards uh, church and other believers, everything started changing. God began to change my heart, began to show me thing i would read the bible at that stage and it would and, the, and even now i read the bible and the scriptures jump out they're alive to me there's life in what i read 
Whereas before, it was just like reading another storybook. It didn't, it didn't really mean much. It was just kind of words on a page that someone wrote a couple of thousand years ago. And it was at that point where I realized, okay, if I'm supposed to be like Jesus, then what does that mean? How, how, do, you, how do you live that? And the first thing that pops into your mind is, well, you know, Jesus healed the sick. He cast out devils. He raised the dead. He cleansed the lepers. He preached the kingdom. He walked on water. He turned water into wine. You know, all these things that Jesus did, you just, you can list them. And those are all the things that stand out about Jesus and as things that he did. And then, you know, the scripture that says, Whoever believes in me, the works that I do and greater works than these will I do because I go to the Father. That's for every single believer. And so I realized I needed to start doing these things. And I was frightened to my core. Not that I would let anyone around me know because I was, you know, I didn't want anyone to know that I was afraid of stepping out. But so I was in this church that was starting to step out. And I said to them, I said, well, let's stop talking about it. Let's start doing it almost at my own detriment. And they said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Because <laughs> that was kind of where everybody was at. And and so we started on this journey of praying for people at church. And, and we would pray for people. And um, we'd see anything between 0 and 10% success. Just praying for people. And it, 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 it was, I thought, well, you know, you just keep at it. You keep doing it. And at some point, something happens. Or you know, like most people think that you know God's going to give you more power or give you more something to get the job done if you just you know at least start somewhere and so and I still hold to that to some degree starting is better than not starting um and so at that point in time um a situation arose where we, we had to pray for a little boy who had um a cancerous tumor in his brain and we all tried our best to do the best with what we knew we could do. But at the end, it resulted in this boy dying. And I remember I went three times to the morgue to raise him from the dead in what we thought was raising him from the dead. And I remember walking away and nothing happening and going back home and thinking, what is going on? Like, why is this not working? And I got to a place where I thought, I need to, f- I need to find someone somewhere who's getting success in this. And I-, I need to find something somewhere. And so I did what any good modern day man does. I Googled it, you know, and, and I found a, a result. I found a-, a result from a ministry that gets 98% success rate in healing the sick. And I just started I started devouring whatever I could read on their website. And before I knew it, I found a, a, um, a, a small video series about how to pray for the sick. And I remember clearly, you know, listening to this and just thinking, wow, the, the way this guy is praying is exactly the way that I see Jesus praying in the Gospels. Jesus would command sickness to leave. He would he would tell people to get up and, and, and take their beds. There was, there was a command that was happening at this point in time. And then I went back to a prayer meeting that night. And at that prayer meeting, 
after listening to this video, I decided I was going to change the way I prayed. I was going to command sickness to leave instead. And so the first person who came in front of me was a lady with a frozen sh shoulder. And she couldn't move her shoulder. It was too painful. So I remember putting my hand on her shoulder and commanding her shoulder to, to be healed. It was literally five seconds. And as I took my hand away, I was looking at her and her eyes were closed. And I was waiting for her to open her eyes. And I didn't want to be rude and tell her, okay, look at me. So I just kept looking at her, kind of wondering, okay, cool. And after about, I'd say, four minutes, she opens her eyes and she's like startled. And I'm like, whoa, what's up? So she says to me, no, it's, it's, it felt like your head was on my shoulder all this time. And I'm like, that's cool. Well, check it out. So she moves her shoulder and boom, instantly healed. And I was like, wow. And then a, uh, the, one of the band members had, was getting a head cold and said, bro, pray for me. If you just got someone healed, pray for me. So I, I commanded his head cold to leave. Immediately, his head cold was gone. It was like amazing. And then they were praying for someone else down the line who had these blisters all the way down her throat. And they were praying for her. And so they asked me to come and join in. And, and I commanded her to leave. And boom, her throat was healed. All of the blisters gone. And so one after the other, it was just working. And I remember thinking to myself, my goodness, this is so easy. And then I, I got this girl coming up to me and saying, can you pray for my teeth? They say I need braces. Can you pray for my teeth to, to be straight? And I tell you, I was completely I was like, it was like sidetracked. I was completely sidetracked. Like, because I didn't know where to put teeth. Is it sickness and disease? What, what, what is this? How do you deal with this? Can you command this? Can't you command this? And I, I remember I started doubting whether this was going to work. And to this day, I didn't get her teeth straight. Like, it, it didn't work. And I remember that day, the clear distinction between absolutely being convinced this was going to work and doubting that this was going to work. And forever and all time, there is no doubt in my mind that a person can go from absolute complete faith to absolute zero faith in a matter of T minus one second. And so the whole, I the whole idea there was just um, in kind of in singed into my mind that, you know, it's just because you're in faith at one point doesn't mean you're going to stay in faith. You've got to keep yourself there by trusting God's word. And I tell you what, that was an incredible lesson to learn because it's really served me well. And then after that, I, I got involved in ministering to people on a regular basis. And I started learning from a variety of different teachers online. And many of the people, I'm sure that many of the guys listening to the podcast are exposed to. And just putting into practice a lot of the things that I learned um, from them and in the real world and starting to see what works and doesn't work because in, you learn by doing. You don't really learn just by hearing. You can hear as much as you want, but if you're not putting it into practice, you actually aren't really gaining an experiential knowledge. Um, and this just started to kind of catapult me towards the destiny, destiny I believe God has given me, which is that I'm to walk as his son and demonstrate his kingdom 
and obliterate the works of darkness wherever I go. Phenomenal. Absolutely love it. Great stuff. Listeners, uh, when we come back, see that power you're hearing about now? We're going to be praying. We're going to be having a little teaching coming up on our next segment. So please keep it locked here on the Heal the Sick podcast with Mark Ellis. We'll be right back after this. Hey guys, Million here. Please visit www.dominionfire.com for the latest episodes of the Heal the Sick podcast and also for our video vlog series entitled The D-Fire Vlog. After visiting dominionfire.com, please visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash dominionfirechurch and hit the subscribe button and make sure to hit the thumbs up for any video you watch. This content is available for free and new videos are posted throughout the week. That's dominionfire.com first and then youtube.com forward slash dominionfirechurch. Thank you and we'll see you soon. All right, listeners, this is it. Number three. And this show is, uh, we went along on the, long on the couple of the segments, but look how fast the time has flown by because we're having such a good time and such a good conversation. And, uh, you know, in, in the realm of God, you don't even notice time. It's just whatever. Just enjoy. That's what I'm saying. That's how, that's how great our guests are on this program. And that's why you got to tell all your friends about the Heal the Sick podcast. Make sure you visit the website again, dominionfire.com. And if I could ask you guys for a favor, if you'll please go on iTunes and or Stitcher, uh, iTunes specifically, and if you'll please give us a five-star rating, a positive review, it helps us get higher up in the top, and the more people get to hear this message, which is what the world desperately needs right now. So please help us out with that, and uh, we greatly appreciate it. So in this segment, we get into a little bit of teaching, a little bit of prayer, and uh, this is uh, one of our most enjoyable segments here on the program. So Mark. You wanted to teach on the topic of failure in ministry, which is something we've talked about in, uh, in our YouTube vlog as well. But uh, I would like for you to expand it a little further and run with it. So what can you share with us about failure? Thanks, Millian. Well, the thing that, that I saw while I was busy walking this out was that many people who started laying hands on the sick would fall away after a couple of months. And especially after they had prayed for someone who was terminally ill and that terminally ill person didn't recover. And this, this made me concerned because I wanted, I wanted to help people to continue on and see that what they're doing actually matters. And I spent some time with God on it and he gave me this analogy which really helped me understand it better in my own walk and has helped me to communicate this to other people. So I'm just going to share this analogy very, very quickly. Imagine um, you are on a beach and there is a lifeguard on the beach that's job is to watch the, uh, the bathing area. And there are people swimming out on the sea. And one of those people is your child. Now, that means you're invested in this person. Um, your child is out in the sea swimming and the lifeguard provides safety because the lifeguard's making sure that the bathing area and people in the bathing area are kept safe. So when the the um, tide changes, especially here in South Africa, if the tide changes, it can be quite drastic. Um, your child happens to get pulled out into deep sea and starts to yell. The lifeguard's job is to respond to this particular 
scenario. Now you're watching on as you see the lifeguard stand up and we're going to call this lifeguard lifeguard one. Lifeguard one stands up, he takes his binoculars, looks out in the water and he sits back down again and he doesn't do anything. And I can imagine that if that was me, I'd be infuriated. There's this person who is supposed to provide the safety, pr provide the the necessary um, life-saving um, of my child, and yet he's doing nothing. And my dialogue with him might go something along the lines of, why, didn't, why are you not doing anything? Don't you know my child is drowning? And the lifeguard might be, it might have a very good valid reason. He might say, well, you know, I know that I can't swim out there in time before your child drowns and chances of me getting your child out of the water is zero. And so it actually doesn't make sense for me to even go out there. And, and here's the reality. No one listening to this podcast right now would be happy with that lifeguard. No matter how good his excuse sounded, no matter how calculated he was, I don't believe anyone would be happy with that lifeguard if their child's life was hanging in the balance um, at that beach. And that's because none of us believe intrinsically that it's okay to do nothing about a situation. We all intrinsically believe that it that even if he couldn't do it, he should at least try and do it. And so the reason that um, this lifeguard is kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth is because he did nothing. And I think everyone listening could probably agree that doing nothing is actually unacceptable. And so now we go to the second lifeguard. And the second lifeguard is, uh, it's the same analogy, same story. Your child is swimming, but the second lifeguard picks up the binoculars, sees your child and goes running off into the sea to try and save your child. And he swims out as fast as he can, but by the time he gets there, your child has gone under the water, so he spends another 10 to 15 minutes diving around looking for your child. Eventually finds your child and brings your child to shore, but your child has already swallowed water, and so he's trying CPR, trying to resuscitate your child, but to no avail, after 20 minutes of trying to resuscitate your child, there is no life. And so we see the outcome of the first lifeguard and the second lifeguard. The result seems the same. But everyone that I've shared this with would agree, and so do I, that lifeguard number two was way better than lifeguard number one, not because he succeeded in actually saving the child's life, but because he did something about the situation. And so... Doing something, even if you fail at that something, is better than doing nothing because you've justified that doing nothing is better than doing something. Wow. So so you've got this this uh, paradigm here that actually even if you succeed and even if you succeed at doing something, but you don't succeed at accomplishing the, the actual goal, you're actually still succeeding because you you haven't you know you haven't um not done anything. And then obviously we have the last lifeguard, lifeguard number three, very quickly, same scenario. He swims out there, gets your child, brings your child back alive and fine. And, and just about everybody wants to be that lifeguard. Everybody wants to be the lifeguard that saves the day. But that lifeguard, lifeguard number three, could never become lifeguard number three if he 
didn't decide to be lifeguard number two first. Lifeguard number two becomes lifeguard number three because he decides that he's not going to see another child die. He's not going to give up. He's going to carry on. And so this, I said all this to, to illustrate a couple of points. First one is, it's not okay to do nothing. Second one is, it's better to do something than nothing. And the third one is, it's better to do something that succeeds than something that doesn't. But you'll never get to success if you don't try now. So I hold to this. There is only two types of failure. There is failing to start or failing to carry on. Everything else is a learning curve. And so if you're out there praying for the sick or, or putting the word of God into practice in any way, know this. You cannot go wrong by being obedient to the word, even if you don't see the fruit of the word in your life immediately. Wow. Good stuff, man. And as you were talking, a couple of things came to mind, which I'll throw into the pot here, is um, I grew up a super huge fan of uh, NHL ice hockey. And uh, Wayne Gretzky, very famous player, he once said that you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So there's an element of at least taking the shot. If you're if you're producing zero and you at least produce something, it's a plus. It's a gain, you know. And uh, I also think of that verse, and I'm probably going to mangle what I'm trying to say here, but there's that verse in the Bible about people think where the vine that doesn't produce fruit just gets cut off and thrown away. But in the actual reading, in the in original intention, it meant that the branches lifted up closer to the sun because if you're one of the branches, you're not producing anything. If God can get something out of you going forward, he gets something out of you. It's a net positive. So those two things just came to mind that even if you're – because we dealt with a – I'm still not fully recovered from a situation over this last year where we failed in that regard, and it, it really messed me up. And it has been part of my, my walk in my wilderness or this little hibernation that I'm in as I've been kind of coming to terms with it. And what you're saying here is, is absolutely correct about you could sit there and just do nothing and nothing's going to happen. Or if you fail, nothing's going to happen. But if you get at least something, some money in the register, so to speak, at least get something in there, it's making a forward progress. And that one person that you may help or get healed could be the one that lights on fire and you know gets a million people saved in the future. You know, you don't know. Just go light fires and just see where they burn. That's all you can do, and and that's kind of where I, you know we're at on all this. So just a little something extra throw in there at you. If people would like to maybe talk with you more, contact you, find out what you do, or if they're in your general region and they'd like to catch up with you, how can people find you? Okay, so um, I have an email address. They can contact me um, on Mark at DTLM org.za and I also have a website www.dtlm.org.za and then I'm also on Facebook and Skype and just about every social media that's used by many people and if they want to any of those details they can just email me and I'll make contact with them. Excellent. And before we do our prayer segment, you have a book uh, available that you may want to uh, maybe share a few copies with our listeners. So uh, what is that book and uh, how can people maybe get one if they would like to check it out? Well, um, for, uh, so the book that we've got is actually um, training material that we've used. It's called The Power Evangelism in Action. And we've used it on several seminars already and it has helped many people begin to walk in their authority and their identity in Christ. 
And um, we are very excited to give this tool to any believer that's looking to dive deeper into this and begin to walk out their identity. And so uh, with your permission, Millian, we'd, we'd be happy to make a link available to you that you could put maybe with the podcast and people could get it directly from there. You know, Mark, I, I think maybe we should make them work for it a little bit. What do you think? Here's what I'm thinking. Okay. What? All right, let's have a little, maybe a little contest. How about the, the first three people, okay, that email me a testimony after they've heard this show and reference the book, Power Evangelism, reference that book to us, we'll send them a copy. They got to do a little work for it. How's that? Sounds great to me. All right, so let's do the first three and see how they respond. And then after that, uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. Is that, is that good? That's awesome. So audience, you're up. You get, 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 get typing away there. Anyway, so email me a testimony. The email is dominionfirechurch at gmail.com. Make sure you mention this show and the free, it's a PDF, so I'll send it to you electronically. So make sure you put that in there. And uh, the first three that come in, we'll send you out. After that, we'll, we'll see where Mark wants to go with it. So get working. <laughs> anyway, hey, Mark, we're, uh, so yes. we're, coming, we're coming to the end of our show here. We're almost done. It's been wonderful. A lot of content, a lot of good stuff today. This is the part where we do some prayer time and we just kind of uh, pull ourselves together and get this thing going. So what I'd like to ask you to do is if you please pray for our audience specifically, and if you pick up any sort of promptings or word of knowledge or a specific illness to attack and go after, I would ask you to please do that. And uh, would you please pray for us now and take us all the way to an amen, please? Cool. Okay. So... Father God, I just thank you right now for every single son and daughter that's listening to this podcast, that they will come to a deep, rich understanding of who they are in you, and that they will walk out their identity in every area of their lives. And right now, in Jesus' name, every sickness and disease that is under the sound of my voice, I command you, leave. Now, every pain, every ache, go in Jesus' name. And right now, there are, there are people who have been suffering with um, allergies to nuts, allergies to wheat, gluten intolerances. And right now, I set you free. I command you be free, be healed now in Jesus' name. There's also a person listening to this podcast that um, is married and is uh, asking God to help them have a child. So right now, I speak to the, the womb of that mother. I say, be fruitful and multiply, and you will have the desire of your heart. It is God's desire that you have a child. So be it in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you right now that your name will be glorified through all these things. Amen. Amen, listeners. So again, Mark Ellis from Dominion Through Love Ministries, Durban, South Africa, joining us today. Thank you, Mark, for being here. We definitely appreciate you. And audience, as always, we appreciate you as well. And thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us. Remember, there's a little contest going on for the first three that email us in, so make sure you get up on that as soon as possible. And uh, at any time, visit the website, dominionfire.com, for the full catalog and all the cool stuff we're working on. We, uh, we invite you to take the journey with us because it's going to be a fun one. So with that all said, thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Love you. Bless you. And as we always say here at our ministry, boom, goes Yeshua. We'll see you next time.